This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And I'm Anne Aries. And today we embark upon our second part of our two-part Bad Diet episode. It's been an epic endeavor. Yes. Yes. So we must first start with, what is it? Except we mustn't, because we did that already. Oh yeah, we did that already. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, di- diet is generally everything that we eat. Uh, dieting is what we do when we want to lose weight or have some other health benefit. health benefit of some kind. And fad diets are kind of silly. Generally, just very popular things that may or may not work at all. Yes. And uh, very largely in the may not. At least for long-lasting results. Absolutely. Which brings us to... Oh, yes. The first one of our more modern era of diets, because uh, in the last episode we focused on the older, more historical diet, uh-huh. dieting. Yeah, but by the end of it, people had figured out what calories are. Yes. So, of course, kind of nix that whole thing with this first one. Uh, the 1920s cigarette diet. Cigarette diet. Yeah. Yeah. This one was primarily targeted to women who at the time were trying to achieve that flapper look, both in form and in coolness. Um, Cigarettes were seen as a sort of fashion accessory, thanks to some rather successful marketing from a rather unsavory dude. Both Stuff Mom Never Told You and Stuff They Don't Want You to Know have episodes on this fellow. I think it's Edward Bernays. Oh, Bernays. Oh, goodness. Yeah? Oh, he's he's great. 
Yeah. And terrible. And terrible. Great well, and I, terrible. In, okay, sure. Go ahead. It's like, <laughs> like, like the, like the mighty Oz. Indeed. Go ahead. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, some things I read claimed doctors even prescribe cigarettes to women looking to lose weight. Uh, Lucky's brand of cigarettes were one of the worst offenders with ads like, reach for a Lucky instead of a sweet. Or, lie to Lucky and you'll never miss sweets that make you fat. That was a diet. Yeah. He also tied cigarette smoking to, like, greater freedoms for women during yeah, uh, that's the right. whole suffragette thing. Yeah. yeah, he did. Oh, man, I forgot about that. That's, yeah. Ooh. And if you think of things like um, Virginia Slims, my aunt smoked Virginia Slims to lose weight. Wow. Mm-hmm. To stay. To stay, to stay slim. slim. Smoking is bad, kids. Don't. Yeah. No. End of story. Yep. There. 1928 gave us the Inuit diet. Also, which allowed for all the caribou, well blubber, and raw fish you could fit in your stomach. It is true that traditionally the Inuit people ate like 99% of their calories from meat. Yeah. Meat and fat. Mm-hmm. But I think that trying to follow a diet like that if you're not literally an Inuit hunter and gatherer. Living in that environment. Yeah. It's foolish at best and probably a little bit racist. Yeah. Quite a few fad diets occurred in the 1930s. One of the most famous was the grapefruit diet, which was resurrected as the Hollywood diet in the 1950s. It required eating a grapefruit before each meal. And its popularity was such that to this day, a halved grapefruit is the symbol of dieting. Oh, yeah. That is what you do if you're on a diet. If you're on a diet. You better be eating some grapefruit or else <laughs> what are you doing? William Hay started the Hay Diet around this time. He was a doctor in the U.S., and he proposed that every food fell into one of three categories. Protein, starch, or neutral. Neutral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neutral. To lose weight, you should avoid having a protein and a starch in the same meal. Hmm. Henry Ford, uh-huh, that Henry Ford, followed this diet. Ford was also part of a raw food movement in the 1920s. Just a real interesting guy. Yeah. If you're interested in learning more about him, our compatriot podcast, Stuff You Missed in History Class and Car Stuff, both have really great episodes surrounding him and his weird, weird life. Very strange. We're giving you a lot of extra listening homework to do. <laughs> yes. So hope you're, hope you're keeping it up all written down. The United Fruit Company pushed the banana and skim milk diet um, around the same time, too. And I'm going to guess that's pretty obvious what it was. I didn't find much more about it. That was just... I'm, I'm, I feel like they probably just wanted to sell, sell bananas. bananas. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I I would guess. <laughs> Strong suspicion. Yeah. During the 30s, you could buy soaps promising to scrub your fat away, like fat oh no and fat off. <laughs> Quote, reduces fat without dieting or gymnastics. I love that gymnastics. It was everybody Specified. just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got to lose weight. It's time to do some some cartwheels. I don't know. Uh, another purported that by using it, you could wash away pounds of fat, double chins, and years of age. You, st- you still can't. You still can't. As we said in our first episode, you cannot use products on your skin. You can't wash fat away. You can't. That's not what's up. No. I also would be suspicious generally, and a lot of weight loss products do this, of like, not only do you lose weight, but you lose your years of age and wrinkles. And yeah. It solves all of your problems. And you can do it without exercising at all. Yes. Isn't it great? I can't believe no one's heard of this. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. In 1941, we see one of the first cleanses. Mm. Yeah. Thanks to Stanley Burroughs. 
His so-called master cleanse, also called the lemonade diet, involved drinking a combination of a lemon or lime juice, cayenne, maple syrup, and water six times a day for 10 days. This was supposed to rid you of all of your cravings for junk food, tobacco, and alcohol. I had no idea this was from the 1940s. I know, because I have friends that did this in like college. Yeah. It's very recent as well. Beyonce, in fact, brought this one back in 2006 when she mentioned she lost 20 pounds doing it. If I remember correctly, she later said she regretted it. Um, Dr. Oz pushed his own version, complete with laxatives. Oh, that guy. That guy. If you want to know more about this one, you can check out our Juice Cleanse episode. Even more homework for you. Yes. Celebrities made the cabbage soup diet popular in the 1950s. And this one is still practiced by some folks, apparently, reemerging every 10 to 15 years. As trends tend to do. Yeah. For seven days, your diet consists entirely of, you guessed it, cabbage soup, cabbage water, onion soup mix, and maybe some other vegetables, maybe some beef, as much as you would like. <laughs> some versions allow small quantities of non-soup vegetables, fruit, and meat as well. Side effects may include excessive flatulence. That came up in almost everything <laughs> I read about it, so I had to include it. <laughs> it also sometimes goes by the Dolly Parton diet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Any diet this restrictive falls into the kind of fasting category, which... Yeah. Heavy sigh. Heavy sigh, uh, which we also talk about in our Juice Cleanse episode, but sort of the, the short version is that fasting isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. More on that later. Yeah. yeah. In the 1960s, we see another alcohol-based diet, the drinking man's diet. It restricted you to manly <laughs> foods like steak, but you could drink as much gin and vodka as you'd like, and at least one drink, at least, was required at every meal. Required. Required. Um, to me, this sounds like an excuse to get drunk and eat meat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Robert Cameron was the mastermind behind this one, and his 1960s brochure about it, priced at $1, sold over 2 million copies in two years. And uh, I can imagine men telling their significant others, but the pamphlet says I have to have a drink with my steak at every meal. We can't stray from the pamphlet. Yes, get me my breakfast steak and my breakfast martini. It is the only way for weight loss. <laughs> In the 1960s, we also saw the Zen macrobiotic diet, a diet heavily focused on grains that was espoused by a Japanese philosopher. And in 1961, Weight Watchers took off. And we have to mention the Sleeping Beauty diet. Do we? Yeah. Okay. Before supper, you take a sleeping pill and pass out before you had a chance to eat. Elvis was allegedly a famous practitioner of this one. Um, smart listener. Friend, I, I do not have to tell you to not take sleeping pills. You, for dietary purposes, you know that. Yeah. You know that. That's like terrifying. Don't do that. Don't. Um, macrobiotic, by the way, is, is meant to evoke the concept of a big view of life. Macrobiotic. Yeah. Life view. Um, at its core, it's, it's a nice idea of, of like, Eating food, mostly plants, not too much, inspired by Zen Buddhism. And it's not meant to be a fad or curative or weight loss thing, but it has been used for those things, and I will have more to say about it later on. She will. Uh, weight Watchers is a whole other thing. Um, it was modeled on Alcoholics Anonymous, and at least originally, it involved a big group therapy vibe. 
modernly, it's a little bit different and can be just fine. I mean, it's sort of expensive, but the current model teaches like just totally decent dietary and lifestyle habits. Yeah. I don't disapprove of that one. No, I have some friends that do this one off and on and they really enjoy it. So, yeah. Um, Also, in the 60s, remember how we mentioned that whole health craze of the 60s? It's come up in several episodes. Mm -hmm. Dr. Herman Toller came up with the calories don't count diet. Confusingly, at least for us in Atlanta, shortened to the CDC diet. Mm. Um, In it, he claimed that there was no need to count calories as long as you cut carbs and sugar. Instead, you should be eating three meals a day, heavy on the meat, and for dessert, a safflower oil pill. The FDA stepped in on this one, deeming it unsafe. Huh. I just find that interesting because compared to the other ones. Right. Mm. Like, like why that one in particular? I wonder if big sugar had something to do with it. Big sugar. Big sugar. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and this brings us to a heavy hitter in the world of fad diets. But first, it brings us to a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So who is this heavy hitter? Why? It's the Atkin diet. Atkins diet, I should say. It got its start in 1972. Mm -hmm. It had existed before then, but the man behind it, Robert Atkins, didn't publish the Dr. Atkins diet revolution until that year. It sold tens of millions of copies and is still a thing. And in 2002, he published New Diet Revolution, which brought it back into the zeitgeist. 
as soon as it was in the zeitgeist, uh, he uh, passed away mm-hmm. in 2003. And there's rumors that it was from a heart attack, which would be kind of ironic given his whole fats and proteins are great for you. Yeah. Uh, outlook on outlook on nutrition. Uh, but his officially listed cause of death is head trauma from a fall. Whether or not a heart attack caused the fall is still a matter of speculation. Yeah. In 1975, we get one that sounds amazing. Yeah. The cookie diet. I am so already on that diet. Me too. I am notorious for ordering late night cookies. There's oh. a place in Atlanta that does 24-7 hot cookie delivery. Anyway, the cookies in this case had to be particular ones made by a South Floridian oh. doctor. Yeah, oh. I know. Named Sanford Siegel. What made these cookies special? Hmm. Well, according to him, they were made with a, quote, secret amino acid protein blend he mixed with his own hands. Okay. (laughs) Six of these suckers a day and a 300-calorie dinner, and you Uh were on your way to your weight loss goals. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The cookie diet led to the creation of several weight loss clinics in the U.S. Apparently, this is still a thing. In 2007, you could purchase these cookies via website. Okay, so meal replacement category uh-huh. of dieting. But meal replacement products can be part of a balanced diet. But to keep from getting bored and unhappy, I think that you'd probably want to stick to maybe just one meal replaced per day. I feel like I would be super unhappy doing two yeah. meals a day of just protein bars, essentially. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Mm-mm. No. A year later, the last chance diet came into vogue in 1976. For this one, you drank a couple of these extremely low-calorie drinks that were made up of pre-digested animal byproducts like high tendons and horns. What? Yep. Okay. Some people called it a meat smoothie. And amazingly, I'm pretty sure this isn't the first time we've mentioned meat smoothies on this podcast. (laughs) A year later, after that, C.S. Lovett published, Help, Lord, the Devil Wants Me Fat! Exclamation point. He wrote that. Just as in the case of Eve, accepting an evil apple from an evil snake fame, the devil was tormenting you with, quote, eat ideas. Eat ideas. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. But if you prayed hard enough and exercised while visualizing the skinny body you wanted, you could rid yourself of those devil-induced thoughts of a chocolate cake. Ten-day water fast was also part of it, and while your family was enjoying their dinner, you should be reading the Bible. The illustrations are almost entirely of overweight women in this book that you're meant to laugh at and or find horrifying. I haven't heard of this guy, but I'm not a fan of him. No, no, me either. Uh, don't fast for longer than a day or two for nutritional purposes. Your your body your body needs food. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of the whole fuel thing. Yep. Also in the 1970s, slim fast meal replacement drinks hit the scene. The creator, one S. Daniel Abraham, had previously introduced Dexatrim diet pills, which you might have heard of, and a gum to control hunger called Slim Mint. Slim Mint. He wound up selling the brand Slim Fast, that is not Slim Mint, for $2.3 billion in the year 2000. That, wow. Slim Fast was a uh, regular at my house in high school. I can't, I mean, I don't know why it was there, but... I feel like every household I went, to, yeah. went into had it. It just magically appeared. It was just there. It was all right. The Beverly Hills Diet took the limelight in 1981. This one, created by Judy Maisel, who became known as the Diet Guru, was also fairly restrictive. The order of operations of eating food was an important part of this one. 
She blames misinformed eating order for confusing your digestive enzymes. What's going on there? <laughs> Fruit needed to be eaten alone. And it was all you could eat for the first 10 days, fruit, and especially pineapple, which she believed had fat-burning properties. I still see things claiming that to this day. Mm -hmm. Then slowly and separately, you could start adding carbs and protein. Her book went on to sell more than a million copies. This diet mostly helps you lose initial weight through diarrhea. Okay. (laughs) And then through skin and muscle protein breakdown. That doesn't sound good. It's not. (laughs) Um... Also, all that sugar is not good for you, even if it's all from fruit. Um, Mm -hmm. Furthermore, your digestive enzymes can indeed work in tandem. They can? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) I I guess the only time that they wouldn't is if you're not eating a diet that's balanced enough with different nutrients from different foods for your cells to produce all of those enzymes. Uh, The military diet, also known as the three-day diet, the ice cream diet, the Birmingham hospital diet, the Cleveland hospital diet, and the Mayo Clinic diet originated sometime during the 80s. If the number of names didn't put up a red flag, (laughs) then this should. It has no known affiliation with any of those organizations. Most spokespeople have come out uh, when asked about it and said, never heard of it. Nope. No, thank you. Yeah. You do get to eat ice cream on it. So that's accurate. (laughs) And it is for three days. So that is also accurate. But you're supposed to stick to a 1500 calorie limit for the rest of the week and then cycle back to the three days. It promises 10 pounds of weight loss in seven days. But it's also... Pretty low in nutrients. It involves, like, if you haven't heard of it, hot dogs and grapefruit um, and ice cream. I feel like my brother did this when he joined the Navy, though I thought it was legit, but he must have looked up military diet and found this, and then I just assumed. That it was legit? Yeah. But I'll have to ask him about it. Yeah. Probably not legit, though. Oh, that'd be great. That would be great to have, like, a a tangential listener mail. Yes, yes, it would be. Like a non-listener listener mail. A non-listener listener mail. Yeah. The precursor to the paleo diet, the caveman diet, popped up in 1985. Fit for Your Life also came into existence this year, which similarly um, to a lot of these said you shouldn't be eating complex carbs and protein during the same meal. That's so interesting to me that how many things were like, in the same meal you can't have these things. Yeah, se- separate those. Yeah, don't. Not don't, together. Don't mix things up in there. No. You'll mix up your digestive enzymes. Also in 1985, Jenny Craig, yes, she was a real <gasps> lady, is a real lady, I think, uh, brought her franchise to the United States after huge success selling prepackaged meals and nutritional consultations in Australia. Nestle bought that company in 2006 for $600 million. That's interesting. Isn't Sell it? Sell you a bunch of, like... Chocolate and candy, and then, and then hey, here's the diet. <laughs> hmm. It, it is a wide company with many interests. Wow. You'd be a very good spokesperson, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Got, like, some goosebumps. <laughs> this brings us to the blood type diet. In 1997, Peter D'Adamo published Eat Right for Your Type. And according to this, Okay, say your blood type A. You need to be subsisting on a mostly vegetarian diet. If you're O, you need to focus more on protein, less on carbs. If you stuck to it, Dadamo claimed it would lead you back to the essential truths that live in every cell of your body and link you to your historical evolutionary ancestry. This one keeps popping up in my Pinterest feed, so it must still be a thing. Also, my Pinterest feed is weird. (laughs) It's telling me I need to worry about armpit fat and Orange pill thighs, and I, I don't know why. I don't know how this happened to me. Armpit fat? Okay. Yeah. 
All right. That's, that's, that's a whole other, I'm putting that, I'm physically moving that conversational yeah. thread over here and I'm just going to let it go. It's Oof. probably for the best. Beautiful. Uh, but back to the blood type diet. Oh, okay. So like, I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody is different, yes. but your blood type is an immune system related thing mm-hmm. that indicates what kind of blood related things can be put into your body without your body rejecting them. Yeah. And making you sicker than you already are, you know, to need some someone Something. else's blood put into your or body. Or like an organ. Or, right? yeah, or plasma and, you know, yeah. bone marrow, stuff like that. Um, your blood type has, to the full knowledge of science, zero to do with what sort of nutrients your body needs. This is one of those things that sounds kind of sexy in, in its simplicity, but it is, at its core, ridiculous. Take that, Pinterest feed. Yeah. Also, I think people love the kind of things where it's almost horoscopy. Right, totally. Yeah. And I was thinking about that because the um, because Japanese culture and some some parts of uh, Taiwanese and I believe South Korean culture tie your blood type to an almost horoscope type of uh, yeah. personality trait thing. So, mm-hmm. so, so I get it, but it's not a thing. No, no, not a thing. So-called diet counselor to the stars, Jamie Cabler, debuted the Hollywood 48-hour diet the same year. Okay, so it's an orange... 97, yeah, go ahead. Yes, it's an orange drink you mix with water and slowly sip, slowly sip, over the next four hours, um, four times a day, for two days. Nothing else is allowed. Nothing else. Even things with zero calories. No smoking either. This came out to be 400 calories a day. Oh, yeah, a 24-hour diet version came out a bit later, and on the site there is a 30-day miracle program that, of course, requires you to purchase a bunch of their stuff. Yeah. Um, on the fad-not-fad fad side, the 90s was also when we started to see the rise of vegetarianism. Which I've thought of that joke from Jurassic Park where <laughs> I'm making fun of Lex because she's a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> and the Mediterranean diet. In 1995, Barry Sears published Enter the Zone. That was the first of the 40-30-30 ratio of carbs, fat, and protein. And the Sugar Busters diet also emerged that year. Uh, yeah, a lot of these are, are veering more into the ideas of lifestyle right. diets. There are certainly fads that have been undertaken by people just to lose weight in a short period of time, but they can also help you maintain a, a good balance of nutrients long term. Yeah. Uh Fun story about the zone. <laughs> it only became popular after the book's author hired a Hollywood PR team. Aha. Uh-huh. You mispronounced it, Lauren. It's the zone. Oh, the zone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> oh, also, a uh, quick note. If you go vegetarian or vegan, especially if you're doing it in the short term to lose weight, educate yourself to make sure you're not depriving your body of important nutrients. Please, please and thank you. Don't just eat, like, pasta and spinach all the time. That's not. Yeah. Not ideal. Yeah, we're both shaking our head wordlessly. Yeah. <laughs> she cannot see, so. Yeah. Not very helpful. <laughs> Great for radio. It is. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of diets emerged in the 2000s. There's the Ducan diet from a French physician that had been, he had been using his four stages of weight loss diet to treat obese patients since the 70s, but it wasn't until he published a book about it in 2000 a book that sold over 8 million copies, that it really took off. The final stage allowed you only one day a week for protein, and it has to be the, that has to be the way of things for the rest of your life. Oh, 
I've actually never heard of this one. Oh, you haven't? Oh, man. Um, no. There's this series of posts that the founder of How Stuff oh, Works, Marshall yeah. Brain, made about the Duquesne diet on HowStuffWorks.com back in the back in the blog post back day. in the blog post days yeah and they are still the most popular what blog posts on our website oh man okay um also from japan in the 2000s the morning banana diet what could this mean i wonder <laughs> this one was so popular that sales of bananas increased up to 80 <laughs> percent from 2007 to 2008 wow uh, the the idea here is is Possibly, obviously, that you eat as many bananas as you want for breakfast and then whatever you want, bananas or not, for, for lunch and dinner, and that you only drink room temperature water. Only. It also recommends eating dinner before 8 p.m. and going to bed by midnight. Hmm. Well, hmm. That's interesting. Bananas are very divisive in the weight loss world, I feel. Yeah, because they're so sugary, but I mean, I, I mean, see, I see ads all the time. One food to avoid on a diet, and it shows a picture of a banana. I never click through, so I'm Oh, not... I don't. Yeah, me yeah. either. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to catch if you get there. Yeah. No. No, don't click there. That's one another thing they can recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but I, I don't know. I mean, bananas are nice. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like the best weight loss plan in general, but sure. Sure, yeah. Here's a terrifying one, in my, my opinion. It came about in the 2000s as well. The cotton ball diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a joke at first. Um, or perhaps a reference to one of my favorite books, Catch-22. But, uh, yeah, people were just eating something that isn't a food because it has no calories and takes up space and is overall unpleasant and discourages you to eat anymore because... Because you're grossed out? Yeah. That was the diet. Don't eat things that aren't food. Yes. That's that's my official... That's Lauren's official stance. Don't eat things that are not food. Well... Uh, this was also the decade that saw the rise of our old enemy, juice cleanses. <sighs> and yeah, again, we have a whole episode on that if you would like to learn more. The pretty self-explanatory raw foods diet and the maybe not quite so self-explanatory paleo diet gained fitting during this time, too. We'll have to come back to paleo, but at the root of it, you're trying to eat like our caveman ancestors. As in, um, you know, we evolved to eat 2.6 million years ago, so we should still be eating like that. That is nothing that can't be hunted or gathered, which cuts out, I, I guess, like anything that's been cultivated, which is technically most things. But this diet focuses on avoiding grains, dairy, legumes and added sugar and salt. It is, by the way, untrue that we stopped evolving our food digestive abilities since then. Take, for example, lactose tolerance. Peoples who took up herding cattle over the past 10,000 years or so have largely evolved the ability to continue making the enzyme lactase and thus digesting milk after childhood. Peoples who have not been dependent on cattle have not. Right. And that's just in the past 10,000 years. There, there's evidence that humans started eating wild grains 100,000 years ago. So had plenty of time to evolve stuff to deal with grains. Um <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, this, this falls into that low-carb, high-fat, or protein category of diet that, yes, we will have to come back to in another episode. Yeah. Let us also not forget the Subway Sandwich Diet. How could we? I don't really have anything to say about it. I just wanted to mention that it happened. Yeah. I knew someone who did that as well. And let us also not forget to mention the Macrobiotic Diet, or perhaps you know it as the Gwyneth Paltrow Diet. Um, it called for you to forget forever. <laughs> dairy, meat, and the frightening category of other foods. 
Oh. Uh, yeah, and this is a version of that Zen macrobiotic diet that popped up in the 60s. And, okay, so the concept here is to eat organic, local, unprocessed, unless it's dried or pickled, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, legumes, and maybe occasionally nuts and seafood. Uh, there are all kinds of recommendations for types of foods and how to cook them based on the Zen Buddhist principles of yin and yang. Um, n- no ice in your water, no aromatic tea, because it might be too... Aromatic? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> par- part of it is also preparing your food mindfully in cookware made of traditional materials, like no plastics or aluminum, with fire instead of electricity, and in a peaceful environment. Mm-hmm. And to chew your food a lot, like maybe 50 times before swallowing. Again with the chewing. Yeah, you know. Chewing is important. Chew your food. (laughs) Don't don't not chew. We were not advocating (laughs) not chewing your food. I'm suddenly afraid of everything that I say. Uh, No, the the, the whole macrobiotic diet thing can be fine if you really are mindful about getting an appropriate balance of nutrients. So many restrictions can make it difficult especially for someone who's going through treatment for a serious disease like cancer, which the macrobiotic diet is sometimes touted to help cure, which kind of makes me angry. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, like, honestly, y'all, it's, it's hard for me to see this one as anything except a bunch of rich white Westerners appropriating select concepts of Zen Buddhism and then bragging about how healthy it makes them on the Internet via their expensive electronic devices. Hmm. This is the one that I have a strong opinion about. Could you tell? (laughs) Could you tell? Well, let's move on to South Beach. South Beach, which came to be in 2003, telling you to get rid of the, quote, white stuff, like potatoes, sugar, and flour. So carbs, essentially. Again, yeah. Uh, This one is a lot more lax than many of the other low-carb diets, although its first phase is a hard go at eliminating cravings, it generally espouses an everything-in-moderation kind of approach. The cardiologist who wrote the book, one Arthur Agatston, Agatston, sure, uh, sold 7.4 million copies of the book and made $16 million the first couple years. Whoa. The brand still exists. I know, and I feel like I could say this after almost every modern diet we've talked about, but I have friends who did this one. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've never heard of this one, but here's another one out of Japan. Two separate Japanese inventors proposed two separate uh, different vision diets. Vision diets. A vision diet. Okay. What is a vision diet, you ask? I do ask. I can hear you through the magic. No, I can't. But uh, (laughs) in the first, you wore what I'm sure were very stylish glasses that turned everything, including your food, a very unappetizing shade of blue. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Um, blue is supposed to depress your appetite. Yeah. I actually saw an article about this recently somewhere. Yeah, there, there's color theory that says that red uh, increases your appetite and blue decreases it. Right, which is why a lot of brands use red in their advertising yeah. or in their logos. The second uh, vision diet involved virtual reality. Ooh. Yeah. You don your handy-dandy virtual reality glasses, and these things could recognize food items and make them appear larger. So that you'd eat less of them. <laughs> I fail to see how that would work. Because regardless of what it looks like. It's still the same size. And you have to pick it up. And it's still right. right? I, 
I don't know. I'd love to see a demonstration. Or I'd love to try them out. Sure. Just just for scientific. I'm curious. <laughs> I have many, many doubts, but I am curious. <laughs> and actually, there are a bunch of scary ones. Like really d- genuinely upsetting ones that came out, yeah, in the past decade or so. Yeah, the 2011 HCG diet recommended injections of HCG or a hormone found in the urine of pregnant women. 2012 gave us the fasting diet, or the 5-2 diet. The 2 refers to the two days of fasting. In 2014, oh man, future brides-to-be may have been pushed to do the KE feeding tube diet 10 days before the wedding. It cost a measly $1,500, mm-hmm. and the tube was inserted via nostril. Yes, there is a tube that is inserted in your nostril. And about 800 non-carb calories were sucked up. Like force-fed to you a day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this can be useful in other situations aside from weight loss, like coma or stroke patients. The fact that that's in the same sentence, coma and stroke patients, perhaps should give you a concept a of whether or not you should do it for weight loss purposes. Yeah. And this is really new. And I did find there are many scientific reports coming out about it. And some people seemed positive. Oh, no. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's so new. Um, and I think they were positive more in the sense of someone who has a like really serious obesity problem. Uh-huh. However, oh, just no. I mean... Definitely don't do it for your wedding. I, you're, yes. <laughs> you're, you're beautiful and your spouse loves you and the photographs can be retouched if you're really upset about them. You're, you're going to be fine. Your wedding is going to be lovely. Yeah. You should invite us to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We're great party guests. We are. I, I don't know if you heard in the last episode, but I'm definitely going to say penis, penis in a post <laughs> soon and it could be your wedding. <laughs> oh, and finally, something that I mentioned in our first episode also, as of 2016, another new trend hit. The baby food diet. Yeah, I'd never heard of this one, and I'm kind of horrified. Uh, yeah, it's there's no like official rules or anything. This is one of those kind of meme like ones. It's uh, apparently you eat two meals of baby food a day, and then a sensible dinner. A sensible dinner. Yeah, sure, oh, sure. Boy. So, so you know, up to seven jars of baby food up for to... breakfast and lunch, depending on how hungry you are. These things usually clock in at like twenty to ninety calories. So. So it's a form of calorie restriction, I guess. You're also eating baby food, which does not provide you with the nutrients that an adult human person needs, as you might have gleaned from the name baby food. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been a baby, but uh, (laughs) I don't remember it tasting particularly great. (laughs) I've got to say that like, when I've been feeding friends kids... They seem excited. I've I've definitely taken a taste. I'm like, like, ooh. Oh, yeah, you can't... Not gonna come on. I didn't take like the jar, like a tiny finger dip. Hmm. I'm not a monster. <laughs> I'm not depriving my friends' children of calories. I'm just mm-hmm. curious. Mm-hmm. Well, they're fine though. I mean, oh good. Uh, okay. Well, I'm glad the babies. They do generally seem, you know, relatively happy about it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't spent much time around babies. <laughs> I don't know. They're babies. They're they're relatively happy about many things. It's a glorious thing about babies. It is. Speaking of glorious things, <laughs> it is time for a quick break. One last quick break for a word from our sponsor. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. 
Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching! Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And we're back with science. I mean, we've had a little bit of science sprinkled. A little bit, yeah. Sprinkled through here. Yeah. Like a, we're little, gonna... like a little salt. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so a few, let, let's, let, let's round up Yes. these concepts about fad dieting and dieting in general, perhaps. Yeah, because a, a lot of themes have come up several times. Yeah. So overall, the thing is, is that if fad diets worked, there wouldn't have to be so dang many of them. Yeah. The really simple answer to weight loss is calories in and calories out. If you eat a deficit of calories that you burn throughout your day, then you will lose weight. Right. There's even that infamous case study of the Twinkie diet, Mm -hmm. that one nutrition professor who put himself through two months of a restricted calorie diet composed mostly of junk food, who still lost weight and improved his ratio of good HDL to bad HDL cholesterol. And this happened because at a certain point, of unhealthiness, any like caloric deprivation is going to work in your favor. Well, yeah, or not in your favor. Mm. Yeah, we're we're not recommending the Twinkie diet. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. If nothing else, it would just probably make you make like really hangry all the time. I'm a little bit hangry just thinking about it. Fun fact about me is I've never had a Twinkie, oh. and uh, producer Ramsey, who many of you might know, he wants to do like a filming of of me trying of your a Twinkie. first Twinkie. Yeah. That sounds great. However, my thoughts, whatever they may be, uh, do not anticipate the Twinkie diet in my future. No. No. Um, It really, really is best to lose weight slowly. Yeah. Um, And and a lot of these diets promise these very drastic immediate results. Like 
but one to two pounds per week is what is considered safe. When you lose weight faster than that, it's really hard to sustain for a few reasons. First, you're probably putting your body into starvation mode, ketosis, which means it's going to start breaking down your cell's glycemic stores, which is kind of the point. But a byproduct of this is that your cells release a whole bunch of water. That's what people refer to when they say that you're losing water weight. Uh Um, So when you start eating a sufficient number of calories after this binge diet, your cells will replace those stores and you will gain that water weight back. Secondly, if you restrict calories too heavily, you can push your body into breaking down its muscle or even its bone mass, which will actually make it harder for you to gain strength and thus burn calories and thus lose weight in the long run. Also, any diet that tells you to cleanse by eating a really limited number of specific foods is not a great idea. Different foods contain different nutrients that we need for our bodies to do the work of getting good stuff into our cells and getting bad stuff out. Uh, Repairing damage and fighting off invading bacteria and viruses, all those good things. Um, Also, I think I mentioned it before, but like most humans get bored and unhappy. Scientifically speaking, there's research about this when you eat a limited variety of foods. It came up in our space food episode. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, the only benefit to that is... Like maybe psychologically you'll feel like you're self-flagellating. Yeah. Um, which I'm being... Yeah. Okay, so so I'm, I'm being flip about that. But let me be clear. If you are restricting your diet or fasting for genuine religious reasons, I respect that. But let me also be clear that heavy restrictions and heavy fasts are not going to do you any good nutritionally. No. No. Furthermore, anyone who tells you that they've got a miracle to sell you is not your friend. No. They are not to be trusted. Spend, if you're going to spend that money, you know, spend it on like fresh vegetables and workout shorts that don't chafe and a trip to a registered dietitian or another accredited group, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. This was a different podcast. I'd go into a whole thing about chafing because I, (laughs) as a runner, this is something I could speak a lot about. I, I, I have a lot of friends who have very informed and wonderful opinions about how to avoid runner's shave. Yes. New podcast, runner's shave. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we've kind of spoken before about, I think the frustrating thing is so many people sell these things to you that are unhealthy and we've sold this image to people that this is what you must look like. It's just like this vicious, sad cycle of people who are desperate to look the way that we've told them they should look, and then they're spending money on things that are probably bad for them and are not going to help them achieve that look. Yeah, that that might make it worse in the long run. Yeah. And I definitely, when I was younger, I, I've done, I've tried a bunch of these things. The saddest one I tried, and I only did this briefly, but <laughs> you were supposed to watch yourself eat <laughs> in a mirror. Oh, my goodness. And then be so grossed out by how you looked that you would eat less. Oh, no. Yeah. It's horrifying. Oh, wow. That sounds like something that Judy Bloom would write about. That's... I know, right? Oh, that's that's traumatizing just thinking about it. And, oh, oh man, I, I almost kind of... I, I sort of wanted to say in here that I have, like, like skinny privilege. Like, I, like I come from a long line of very naturally thin people. So I, I have not experienced that incredible drive to, yeah. to, to have to look a way that my body isn't. But even with that, like, I've restricted my diet in weird ways, too. I almost went vegan once. It was terrible. 
I mean, for, for, for me, because cheese is my life. And I was fixating on body shape and being really unhealthy. But genuinely, like bodies are different. They and are. There is so much amazing research um, that's finally coming out about how healthy you really can be at different body shapes and weights. Yes. And it's a lot more. Health is a lot more than a number. Yes. And genetics plays a factor. There's so many things you can't control. And so much of it doesn't have to do with just food. Yeah. So hopefully, if you were considering bad diet, we've ruined it for you. Yay! Uh, be healthy. Like, yeah. eat food and talk to people who know what they're talking about yeah. um, if you're uh, looking to lose weight. Just take care of yourself. Yes. That's what we want. Please do. Please do. We like you. We like you. And we like food. And we like hearing from you. Yeah. Which brings us to... Listener mail. Listener mail. Okay. Gail wrote in response to our soft drink episode, one of my first memories of being in a music class in school when I was maybe a first or second grade class year, learning to sing the song, I'd like to buy the world a Coke. <laughs> also, thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Also, being a Texan, I call all fizzy drinks Cokes. That's just what we refer to them as down here, whether they are actually a Coke product or not. I'm not really sure why that is, however. My favorite Coke product is actually one that's kind of infamous. Yes, it is. At Epcot Center <laughs> at Disney World in Florida, they have a Coca-Cola store. I believe it is currently called Ice Station Cool with K, though I seem to remember it being called something else when I was younger, where they have a fountain that allows you to sample different Coke products from around the world. One of these is the infamous Beverly from Italy. If I remember correctly, it's supposed to be sort of an aperitif. And if you look online, you can find lots of pictures of the wonderfully icky faces people make <laughs> as they try this bitter drink for the first time. I tried it for the first time a few years ago when we visited. And honestly, I didn't think it was that bad. Maybe I'm just weird, though. Yes, you are. Statement. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've never, I've never had Beverly specifically, but I've had other like bitter aperitif drinks from that region of the world, and I think they're fine. But I, but my favorite flavor is bitter. So, yes, you are not weird, Gail. Well, I, well, I mean, you're not weird you're, about that. Yeah, no. Wait, well, yes, we can't speak otherwise. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I also, I, I don't, I wouldn't drink it, mm -hmm. but I don't hate it. Yeah. However, um, for people who don't know, it's uh, Lauren hasn't been to the world of Coke yet, but um, you can try <laughs> it there. Trip. Yeah, we have to go. Yeah. It's and everyone, it's it, it. It does have a reputation. People know about it. People want to try it. It is extremely bitter, and I mean, compared to all, I think they have at least twenty different versions of Coca Cola products you can mm -hmm. try, and it's the one that you know is you'll remember it. <laughs> You'll remember it. It's different than everything else there. It just—I've heard it just tastes like a like like an amaro. If you've ever had um, a chinar or or other, I'm sure I have. But amaro I can't, like liqueur there. drinks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And anyway. Yeah. On a related note, we also call all soda Coke around here. Yeah. And I love when a waiter, someone says to a waiter, "I'd like a Coke, please," and the waiter's like, "Oh, what do would you want, Doctor Pepper?" Like, yeah, Coke is not. <laughs> the answer Coke means yeah. soda. Or even or even hearing someone say like, oh, I'd like a Pepsi Coke. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure Pepsi loves that. Yeah. And my <laughs> final note on this is I can't believe we forgot uh, I'd like to buy the world a Coke because it did save Don Draper's career, perhaps, oh. on Mad Men. Yeah. Is it spoilers? No. Nah, it's no. been a while. Sure. Okay. Elizabeth wrote about the turkey episode. 
My parents lived in the San Francisco Bay Area in a place that was both hilly and wooded and also quite convenient to public transit and the freeways. In other words, not a rural or remote location. One fall, probably around 2014, the Nature Conservancy magazine ran a cover story about the elusive wild American turkey. We all stopped in our tracks. How could these birds be considered elusive? They wander the streets of the town, frequently disrupting traffic and blocking exit from driveways. They are present and visible, and their flocks continue to grow every year. They are certainly not elusive. Dumb, yes. Rare or scarce? No. (laughs) We couldn't help chuckling at the thought of these awkward birds being elusive, if only... This year, my mom moved into a retirement community in the same area, and we've observed an interesting phenomenon. The wild turkeys living in the retirement community seem to be a bit smarter or have learned to respect the slower reaction times of elderly drivers. Rather than wandering down the middle of the roads, the birds neatly jump onto the sidewalks and medians when a car approaches. Their flocks also use the well-marked sidewalks when crossing the streets. It's hilarious. That is hilarious. It is for now. <laughs> this is how they evolve into raptors. <laughs> and, the, you know, unless they learn to open doors, they're going to learn how to open doors. Oh, from dinosaurs to turkeys back, back to, to dinosaurs. dinosaurs. It's the circle of life. There's oh. a lot of movie references going on right now. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Thank you guys so much for writing in. Yes, thank you so much. And if you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Foodstuff HSW, stands for How Stuff Works. We're also on Instagram at Foodstuff. Thank you so much to our amazing audio producer, Dylan Fagan, and our recorder for the day, Tristan McNeil. Thanks to y'all for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.